0: Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are going to be in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians and we'll be in the 10th chapter, the first 14 verses. Uh, this is going to be a lesson and a study concerning how to overcome temptation to sin. Father, we bless you. We thank you today for your word. Your word, Lord, instructs us, teaches us, exhorts us uh, to do the will of God. And we thank you for that, Father. We thank you, Lord, that your word shows us how we are to do the will of God and how we are to please you in everything. So, Father, we we give this uh, lesson to you in the name of Jesus. We ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten us Give us the words to say, and Father, Lord, uh, the Word of God uh, that is ministered today, let it go down deep on the inside of us, and we'll give you the praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. All right, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and we'll begin in verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all of our fathers were under the cloud And all pass through the sea. To me, verse one is a sign of the redemption uh, that was granted to the children of Israel, even though they were in the world. Notice notice verse 2, and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and under sea. In other words, uh, the entire uh, nation of Israel was under the command, under the authority of Moses, Moses being called the friend of God. Uh, verse 3 says, and did all eat the same spiritual meat? and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. You know, the uh, the Jewish scribes, and it was a tradition within uh, the rabbinic community that uh, this rock followed the children of Israel wherever they went, and was that... Um, Object or that way in which God gave to the children of Israel uh, water to drink. And that's a fascinating tradition. Uh, but verse 5 says this, uh, But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now think about that. Everything that God had done for them, and yet they were, and this is a key word now, They were overthrown in the wilderness. And so today uh, we're talking about overcoming temptation to sin. Actually, the title should be overpowering uh, the temptation or overthrowing the temptation to sin. Now, let's go ahead and read uh, verses 6 through 11. Now, these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. That's found in Hebrews chapter 11, verses four through six of the children of Israel uh, lusting after flesh to eat. Verse seven, neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now, that's found in Deuteronomy chapter nine in verse 12, concerning the golden calf. Uh, verse 8 says, Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day three and 20,000. Uh, that's found in Numbers 25, verses 1 through 9, uh, Israel uh, whoring after the Moabites. Uh, verse 9, Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed of serpents. That's found in Numbers 21, verses 5 and 6. They murmured against God and were bitten by serpents. So uh, what Paul is saying, they actually, they murmured against Christ. Amen. Um, Verse 10, neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. That's found in Numbers chapter 16. That was uh, concerning the murmuring of Dathan and Abiram who rose up against the authority of Moses. Now, verse 11. Now, all these things happened unto them for examples. They are examples to us. And they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. So these are examples of how uh, these people and this, uh, uh, the children of Israel, the nation, they were overthrown by uh, the temptation to sin and the consequences of that. And so we today, now that we are under the banner of Christ, now that we have been set free from the nature of sin uh, through the sacrifice of Christ, and now that we have liberty, because remember what Jesus said, you know, in whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And uh, he is the one that has made us free. So we enjoy Christian liberty today. And we do have Christian liberty even as uh, we speak. But this liberty is contained within uh, the desire to do according to the will of God. So our liberty is contained within doing uh, the will of God. Now, here's the three verses that we're really going to center in on today, uh, beginning in verse 12. Uh, Wherefore, let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Now, we're talking about the temptation to sin. Uh, Taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. And so we know that the flesh is weak. We know that. I mean, anyone who's been a Christian for any length of time understands completely how uh, the flesh is weak. But we have an advantage. And that advantage is that we have uh, the power and the authority over the world. And it's by God's power which causes us to overcome the tests and the trials that come our way. So we're going to look today at uh, how we execute that power and how that we get out of a lot of the things that uh, we find ourselves in. And we're talking specifically about uh, temptations to sin. It might be sexual sin, but then again, it might be pride. It might be arrogance. It might be the unwillingness to, Uh, to walk by the love of God. These are all temptations that keep us uh, bound by uh, the sins that are in this world. And so we understand in reading verse 12 that every one of us uh, will have to deal with evil desires that come into our lives. This is just a part of life. As long as we're here on this earth, We're going to have to contend to the for the faith that was once delivered unto the church of God. And so we need to be careful. And we need to be careful with the thought that uh, we'll never behave like that brother or that sister who fell into temptation. But rather, we need to consider and take heed that we may be tempted to do something that's far worse than what others have done. And so there is a factor of humility here that uh, that we don't point the finger at someone who did something wrong. Uh, we need to humble ourselves and consider and it should grieve our heart uh, that that brother has fallen. That brother has been overthrown by the temptation to sin instead of overthrowing that temptation uh, by uh, the operation of God. And then verse 13 reminds us that uh, and, and that we have to remember that temptations to sin come to all of us. I mean, nobody's exempt. I wish I could say in the area of temptation to sin, I was perfect. But if I did, I'd have to ask God to forgive me for lying. I mean, we all face these things because we have the flesh that is weak and we all have to learn how to overcome the temptations of the flesh by the operation of God, which we're going to be talking about today or at this in this session, rather. So we are all on common ground when it comes to temptations of sin. And so when it comes to the incitement to sin, uh, and when it comes to the possibility of us violating the law of love. Uh, but we know this. We know that no temptation is beyond our ability. Amen. Because our ability is found in Christ's power and in his ability to resist. He resisted temptation. And if he did, he's granted us the power to do the same. You know, we can place our trust by faith, this takes to faith and obedience. We can place our trust in him uh, to keep the temptation from becoming so strong that we can't resist it. Now we have to understand this: Satan is a powerful spirit. He's much more powerful than we are if if we stand alone. But see, we're not standing alone we have Christ as the captain of our salvation and we have the Holy Spirit who is the power of God in our life. And Christ is always faithful. He's faithful to strengthen us. He's faithful to give us power to resist the temptation when we need to resist it. Amen, praise God. So when the temptation becomes great, God's power becomes even greater, but we need to be able to yield to that power. And, of course, he will always show us through his word and he'll show us how through the scriptures, how we can resist the temptation and also to find the way of escape. Resisting is the way of escape. And we'll look at that in just a few moments. Amen. So there's always power to resist whatever Satan is trying to do in overcoming us or in overthrowing us. Amen. There is always enough power to resist it, to bear up against it and to overthrow it. Amen. Praise God. And so verse 14 reminds us that just like Joseph in the Old Testament, he was faced with a powerful temptation to commit adultery. I mean, the situation was presented to him that he could have. But what did he do? Instead of sinning and committing adultery with Potiphar, he escaped the temptation by running from it as fast as he could. And it goes back to what Paul in writing to the Corinthian church said in verse 14. He said to do this, flee from idolatry. Flee from idolatry, just like Joseph did. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. And Joseph, he ran from that temptation just as fast as he could. And so the scripture teaches us for us to flee from sin. Run away from it. Anything that places a fleshly, unlawful desire You know, to satisfy a sinful passion, no matter what it is, or an emotion, no matter what it is, doesn't necessarily have to be sexual sin. It could be pride. Pride in the believer is unlawful. Selfish pride in the believer is unlawful. That is sin. And so uh, anything that would place itself above the knowledge of God is sin. And of course, it is the sin of idolatry. And so God wants us to be free from that. Amen. We don't use our Christian liberty as an occasion to sin. We use it, amen, to worship God, to honor him and to do the will of God while here on this earth. So we're going to look in the few moments that remain we are going to be looking at how to resist the temptation to sin. And so we find ourselves now in James chapter 4 and verse 7, a verse of scripture that is very familiar to us, a verse of scripture that we often read and often confess. And it's simply this, submit yourself to God. Now, what does the word submit mean? This is the first step in resisting temptation to sin whenever we're, we're presented with the temptation to sin, the number one thing we do is we immediately submit ourselves to God. Now, what does that word submit means? Well, it means to subordinate. It is actually a military term that means that uh, the soldier is to submit and subordinate himself under the command of the captain. In this case, We submit ourselves and subordinate ourselves under the command of our captain, the Lord Jesus. In other words, we give in to him and to his will instead of giving in to Satan and the temptation to sin. Now, that's very simple, isn't it? That just brings this whole situation of temptation to sin become make it very plain. We submit ourselves to the captain of our salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ, instead of uh, submitting ourselves to our adversary, the devil. Amen. Now, Peter said this in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6. He says, humble yourselves under. Notice that word, under. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Reminds me of the uh, the scripture in Proverbs that says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. So we humble ourselves in the midst of this temptation. Amen. When we're when we're tested and tried, we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt us. Notice this in due time. Now, there is going to have to be a period of time where we are going to have to continue to resist. And, of course, the Lord has given us the tools and the power to do that. So we submit ourselves to God. And then the, the second thing that we do, and or, or rather the second thing that uh, James tells us to do, is that we resist the devil and he will flee from us. Amen. Resist implies the fact that we fight back, that we stand against it. You know, if somebody wants to challenge us or somebody wants to take something that belongs to us, well, we resist him. We're not going to allow him to do that. We resist the devil and he will flee from us. Well, when we resist, we're resisting now. And this is a key. We need to understand this. Now, we we if we attempt to resist the devil in our own power, he's going to keep right on with the fiery temptation. He's going to continue to pound us. He's going to continue to come at us time and time and time again. We're not resisting him in our own power. We're resisting him in the power of Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And there's a way to do that. And when we do this, the devil will flee from us. Absolutely, he will flee from us. See, he can't resist the power of Christ. He cannot resist the power of God. But he can resist us. He can overcome us and he can overthrow us if we try to resist him in our own power. And then Paul tells us in I mean, uh, Peter tells us in the same chapter, chapter five, verse nine, whom resist steadfast in the faith. Now, the word steadfast here means to be strong. It means to be hard. It means to be rigid. And it means to be immovable against the temptation. In other words, uh, when Satan tries to push us to overthrow us, we turn right around and we push back and we overpower him. Praise God. Amen. Because the temptation to sin is Is the devil working through the weakness of our flesh to try to prove to us. Amen. That the word of God is not as powerful as we think it is. or we are not as powerful as we think we are. Amen. And so the way to overpower the temptation to sin is through the power of the word and of the spirit. These are part of the weapons that God has given us to resist. Because after all, uh, the temptation to sin is a power play. It is the devil's attempt to prove the power of the flesh or the power of the fleshly will is stronger than the power of our will to obey God. So it boils down to a power play between the devil and between the God we serve, who we're going to serve. You know, Paul, in writing to the Roman church, says this. He says, whoever obeys sin is a servant of sin. So that's the power play. Are we going to resist the devil and him flee from us? Or are we going to resist the power of the spirit, resist the power of the word of God to serve sin? We can't do that. Amen. We're called to liberty, but we're called to liberty under the limits of uh, the Word of God. Now, there's a couple examples here in the Scriptures. And one is found in the book of Job in the first chapter, beginning in verse 6. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? Now, God is setting the devil up. I mean, this is a contest. And this same contest is worked out in you and in me. The will to resist sin or the will to resist the word of God to obey or to disobey. Now listen to what Satan says. And so Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him and around his household and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But now, but now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. Satan is accusing God, trying to test God. Amen. Into doing something. Amen. That God ordinarily would not do. But you know what God did? He didn't give in to that temptation, but he did. He said this to Satan. All right. Go ahead. Amen. You want to have a contest. You want to find out if, if my power is greater in Job than your power is for, to cause him to fail. And then go ahead. And that's exactly what, what Satan did. I mean, in just a few moments of time, Everything that Job has was destroyed, except for Job himself. Now, that's a test. But you go through the book of Job and you'll find out that Job never charged God with wrong. Never did. He did not understand. Amen. In his innocence, he didn't understand why these things happened, but he never charged God foolishly. He never, like his wife said, he never cursed God and died. And so Job held on, praise God. And there was something working in Job that refused, amen, to bow its knee. And that was faithfulness uh, to Almighty God. Amen. Now, there's another instance over in the New Testament in the Gospel of Matthew. Very familiar passage of Scripture. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit. Actually, he was driven into the wilderness by the Spirit, which means that he was ushered in by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Now, here's a clue. Here is a clue. When Jesus went into temptation, what did he do? He went into a fast. Now, when we're tempted to sin, maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe we need to enter into a fast instead of, instead of uh, uh, eating food, uh, fasting uh, and then giving ourselves to the word of God in prayer. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward, he was hungry. Now, when the tempter came to him and he said and he commanded these stones to be made bread But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. But Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. See, this is a contest. To whom is Jesus going to obey? Is he going to obey the devil or is he going to obey his heavenly father? But Lord just turns. I mean, the Lord Jesus turns around and says, you are not to tempt the Lord your God. Amen. Praise God. See, Jesus placing himself in authority over the devil. Again, the devil took him up on an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. So we see in both cases, in Job's case, He had the patience and the endurance to remain steadfast. In Jesus' case, he had the word of God and the power to resist that temptation because he uh, he bowed and he submitted himself to the will of God and to his will alone. So this is how we overpower temptation. We overpower temptation through the word of God and through prayer we immediately submit ourselves to, to God, amen, submit ourselves to his will. We uh, resist the devil in his power, in God's power, not in our own power, amen. We have to be resolute in this. Our spirit, our soul, our mind, and our body has to be resolute in this, even though the temptation is in our flesh. We have power over our body. We have power over our flesh, We command our flesh to do what's right. We command our flesh, amen, to lay down. Praise God. And so we do that. We resist the devil in the power of God, and Satan himself uh, will uh, flee from us. Amen. Praise God. And so we overpower temptation through the word of God and through prayer. And, of course, we have the passages of Scripture over in Ephesians chapter 6, Verses 10 through 18, talking about when we have done all to stand, we are to continue to stand. What do we stand on? We stand on the rock, the Lord Jesus Christ. We stand resisting and we have our loins girt about with truth. We have on the breastplate of righteousness from which to resist. We have our feet shod with the gospel of peace. Above all, we have the shield of faith. And it's the shield of faith whereby we quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. We have on the helmet of salvation and we have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Amen. So we submit ourselves to God. We resist the devil. We overpower the temptation to sin through the power of the word and through the power of the spirit We overpower that temptation through the word of God and prayer. And in the end, we will be delivered. Listen to what Peter wrote in his first epistle. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After that, you have suffered a while. Make you perfect, complete, establish you, strengthen you and settle you. This is our way of escape. Praise God. Father, we bless you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ.